sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Amazing, amazing grace. The only perfect grace comes from God, but we've spent the past several weeks exploring how we can show grace to others through forgiveness, compassion, prayer, and even through setting boundaries and knowing when we need to step away in grace. I want to wrap up this series with a focus on the struggle of receiving grace. We have looked at the different perspectives here, from the one who battles with an addiction or past trauma or more obvious sin, to the one who is standing on the outside of the battle. But today, we are removing the battle lines and drawing upon truth from Romans 3.9, which says no one is righteous, not one. And Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is so easy in this world to separate ourselves from others. There is a hierarchy in business, organizations, and ministries in prison, gangs, in society, and in church. Often overlooked or undiscussed is the pastor who loves his congregation but struggles with pornography. The lady who sings beautifully on Sunday morning but wishes she could remain in an adulterous relationship without consequence because it hurts too much to say goodbye. We do not talk about the woman who prays so passionately but carries hate and jealousy and anger inside of her, or the man who rises to the occasion as an elder of the church but must remember to clean his car of the remnants of fast food that he has overindulged in to escape the pain from his childhood. Today, we sit at the cross as one. For some, there's a sigh of relief. We don't need to pretend to be perfect, and we're not sitting here at the foot of the cross striving to be enough. There is just the unveiling of humanity and the need for grace. For other people, there's going to be tears, worry that in self-reflection, we might see something we don't like very much and really don't want to face. Others will decide that this is not for them, and denial is a better place to be. Sitting here together with me, Where is your heart? Heavenly Father, as we explore the process of receiving grace, shelter us from shame. Do not let the enemy use this time to draw us into darkness. Pour your light onto us today and keep us grounded at the foot of your cross. In Jesus' name, amen. You should know that this message was timely for me as tomorrow marks the sixth anniversary of the day I walked into jail and saw the fullness of my sins, pain, shame, addiction, and weaknesses flowing through and in me. Underneath stories, misunderstanding, and the media circus was the haunting realization that at my core, in the depths of my being, I deserved death. 
all of the mornings that I had woken up and read my Bible, and all of the moments on my knees in prayer did not erase the sin and lies and deceit. But through the ultimate act of grace, my relationship with Christ made a way for life despite my sin, lies, and deceit. Before I met God in the quiet of the jail cell, in the stillness of the morning, I could not imagine that the forgiveness offered freely read about in scripture was for me. I did not know how to receive grace. I want to talk for a moment about the Apostle Peter. If any story of restoration in the Bible shows the spiritual dynamics at play so well, it's with Peter. In Matthew 14, 28 to 31, we see Peter seeking in his faith when he talks to Jesus. The disciples are out on the boat and the waves are coming and he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus replies, come. Now in verse 29, it says, in climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink He cried, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, as only Jesus would, caught hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Now we turn to Matthew 16, and we have verse 16, where Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, only to find that in verse 22, After Jesus has spoken to his disciples about the necessity of his trial, crucifixion, and resurrection in order for God's plan to be fulfilled, Peter now pulls Jesus aside to rebuke him and say, Oh no, Lord, this will never happen to you. Finally, we have Matthew 26, verses 33 and 34, which says, Peter told him, now he's speaking to Jesus again, Even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Well, Jesus knows better. And it says, truly, I tell you, tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. We know that Jesus' word is truth. And Peter does, in fact, deny Jesus three times. Before we begin to judge what Peter did, let's think for a moment of all the ways in which we deny the fullness of Christ. When we worry about not having enough, so we overextend ourselves in work instead of leaning into the promise of God's provision. The substances and behaviors we indulge in to erase the pain of the past or present instead of allowing waves of healing from our Savior. Every instance we decide his love isn't quite enough for us and we seek fulfillment from others and we lean into people to meet our deepest needs. We may not deny that Jesus is Christ, that he is the Son of God, but are we not denying him when we speak and act in ways at work or in public that would make people question our faith and our love for Jesus? Now let's go back to Peter for a moment and the prayers that Jesus had been praying for him. In Luke 22, 
Before Jesus predicts that Peter will deny knowing him, Jesus says, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and that when you have turned back, you would strengthen your brothers. Listen again. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus did not pray that Peter would not fall. He knew Peter would fall. He prayed that his faith would not fail. Just as with Peter, Jesus knows that we are going to fall. Now picture him sitting beside you in this moment, holding your hand or wrapping his arms around your shoulders and listen to his prayer for you, that you would not fall, but that your faith would not fail. Again, his prayer for you Not that you would not fall, but that your faith would not fail. That through trials, falls, sin, addiction, lies, manipulation, deceit, and struggle, that your faith would not fail. Only through faith may we receive the grace that God freely offers. Now Peter struggles with this part just as we can. And Jesus knew how Peter felt and knew his struggle. And so we see in John 21, starting in verse 15, that Jesus addresses this issue in his perfect way. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know, I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Obviously, Jesus knew the difficulty Peter was having with receiving grace because he addresses him a third time. In verse 17, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I love how Jesus' persistence in this matter aligns with the prayer he said for Peter prior to knowing that Peter would deny him. That beyond praying his faith would not fail, he also prayed that when Peter turned around, he would go on to strengthen others. Then here he is in the moments of forgiveness, and he's instructing Peter to go and strengthen others, to love others. That's what he means by feed my sheep, take care of my people, love my people, strengthen them, show them, show them the light of Christ. So here Jesus in this moment, still holding on to you. Hear him praying that your faith would not fail so that when you repent, when you turn back, that your faith will be a testimony to others. Your story will be a light for someone else. That the things you have been through, the falls you have taken, and the restoration through Christ 
would ignite a love and passion for Jesus in someone else. Grace makes this possible. Perfect grace only comes from God. The ultimate act of grace was through the life, death, and the resurrection of his only son, Jesus. The ridicule, torment, and denial paved a way for our sins to be forgiven. Perfect grace means that by having a relationship with Jesus, there is perfect life after our bodies have passed away. That we do not have to remain separated from God. To receive this grace offered freely and abundantly, we need to remember that it is not about us. What we have done does not cause or create or permit grace. It also does not prevent grace or separate us from grace. Jesus knows that we will fall. Every one of us falls short. His prayer for us is that our faith does not fail so that we may accept His grace, knowing that His perfect grace is given in perfect love. Sit at the foot of the cross with me right now. Feel Jesus holding you close. Hear Him whisper words of promise that He sacrificed Himself for you because He loves you. Let your heart awaken to the fullness of His grace and love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your sacrifice, for your perfect grace, your perfect love. Let us accept this today without hesitation. Draw us to the foot of your cross over and over again. Thank you for knowing us and for loving us still. In Jesus' name, amen. This wraps up the series on Grace Beyond Words. My new season will begin in November and more information will be coming soon. Stay connected through my website at www.stillwatersps23.wixsite.com slash my site or through email at bestill.waters.ps23 at gmail.com where you can request me to speak, send me your feedback, put in a prayer request, or simply say hi. Feel free to let me know if you would like to be added to my listserv, as I will also be releasing information on Healthy Desires, an upcoming website with blog posts, resources, and a 28-day pillar challenge. And don't forget to check out my book, Surrender, on Amazon, and be on the lookout for more information regarding my next book titled, So Deep, Falling in Love with Jesus. God bless. Amen.